and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 11. With me tonight is the wonderfully talented Sean Smith. Hey. As well as the incredibly funny Ian. I'm funny? Oh. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're doing all right tonight. How are good. you doing tonight? Doing all right. Good. I'm doing good. Doing good. So tomorrow's Skeptic Camp. You guys, uh, Ian, are, yep. are, you, are you ready? Although some of the people listening to this, today's Skeptic Camp, we're probably there right now as the majority of the people listening That's to this. That's true. We're enjoying Skeptic Camp right now as people are listening to our uh, our lovely podcast. Hmm. So, so um, and, um, we are on at 3.30 in the big room, it turns out, Brian. The big room? I didn't room? find a schedule online. Oh, they yep, put us in the big, big room. room. <laughs> wow. So well, big room at 3.30. So. Yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, that's funny because I told them, this, I, well, I told them the small room. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be fun. I, You know, we're, we're going to talk to uh, Brian Walsh and, uh, and Nigel this evening and, you know, get that all flushed out. So we'll be ready for tomorrow. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to get going? Yep. All right. Let's go. Yeah. So what is Sherry's Law? Well, the basic concept um, is that the Muslims believe that all the laws within the Quran should be made into actual laws of the land. And we hear a lot about this going on you know, over in Muslim countries, and we hear some of them trying to push it into Europe but we've actually not yet seen any group try to push it here in the United States. But what's happening is you have this other group that is trying to be preemptive because they're worried that it'll happen and are right now trying to pass a law in, I believe it's Ohio, if I remember the Oklahoma. article correctly, to keep that from ever happening. And what, the interesting thing is reading through this, I agree with the bit, it's Oklahoma, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, not, I agree with the basic idea that we need to um, say the laws of the United States that everyone's voted on are the laws we follow. That um, international law does not take precedence over what, you know, like I said, the laws we have voted on, laws we the people have made laws. Okay. But at the same time, if you read through this article, I disagree with why they're doing it now. Because they're saying that, oh, this could happen. And it's like, well, actually, no Muslim group is trying to make this happen. And it actually sounds like some paranoia from um, one side. They're saying they know what's going to happen. They know the Muslims are trying to take over. So it's one of those things where I agree with what they're doing, but I have a serious problem as to the reasoning why they're doing it. Okay, but okay, my understanding, though, if this is um, what, the, what I'm thinking of, and I think I, I heard this information on the Dogma Free America podcast, is that some of our banks are already doing things based on these laws for Muslims. And uh, and I think AIG was well, yeah, one yeah. of them. I actually don't know that part When you of talk it, about they're doing that for like, Muslims, you're talking about they're doing it for their Muslim customers? Right. They're doing certain things for their Muslim customers, which to me sounds like a business decision. It but, does. But the, right. But and the I, don't point, think, I don't think anything well, but th the this point law is, talking about wouldn't affect that because you can't go and tell a business, oh, by the way, you can't follow those standards. Right. But, All this would do is keep the United States courts from allowing um, laws from other countries to be considered. Okay. 
But it, what it, what I think it might do is it, it that the that you might be able to say, well, because they are um, doing certain things that um, you know that for for religious purposes that the our the United States government should not have given them money because they were doing these practices because of our separation oh. of church and state. And I think you know, and like I said, I, unfortunately, I don't remember. And I'm looking at the Dogma Free America. Um, website right now to see if I, I can if I can source that in any way, and I can't. But I thought that's where I was hearing about yeah, but, this law. Uh, I don't have anything well, to back that up. Separate from yeah, what they're trying to pass here in Oklahoma. Yeah, and like I said, I agree with what they're trying to do in Oklahoma. But saying that we in the United States follow the laws of the United States, that it doesn't matter what the inter- international laws say, it doesn't matter what other countries say, it doesn't matter you know what Sierra law is. Those don't override the laws we have. Okay. And I'm completely fine with it. But like I said, my main problem with this is it's a paranoia overreacting. So you know, we have to be ahead of them and make sure they can't do it. But they're not even trying to do it. But they're not even you, trying you, to. You said, you said banks are doing it, but that's, banks aren't the law. Uh, yeah, you know, should, if a business says, okay, follow these guidelines in order to get customers, that's up to them. Okay. So I'd like to know from this article, it doesn't really say how Sharia law is entrenched in the United Kingdom. It just says, oh, Sharia law is entrenched in the United Kingdom. It doesn't explain how. It doesn't explain where. It doesn't explain how England has been affected by it. It just says it's entrenched in the United Kingdom. You know, this kind of sounds like this sounds to me like something you'd store cleaning products in. Sounds like a big old (laughs) soapbox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's interesting to see stuff like this going on because I think they'd actually have a better chance of not getting criticized for this if they didn't push the um, fact that there is a religious link. It's like, okay, let's get the law passed non-religiously in saying, you know, you we focus on the laws of the land. The laws of the United States come first for everything else. And that, that would keep it from happening. And it would look so much better. It wouldn't look like they are, you know, being anti-Islamic. Yeah. It wouldn't look like they're saying, oh, you know, we don't want their religion to have any power. It's like, you know, keep all the religious stuff out of it, and it looks like a great law that makes sense and is perfect. I just put in an article here. The so, title, yeah. the, the title of this article is, Banks are helping uh, Shari's, Shari, Shari, Shara, make a backdoor entry. And uh, and I posted the link. If somebody wants to read through that real quick. Uh, yeah, see, Citibank... Yeah, okay, so it says uh, Citibank, HSBC, Holdings, PLC, and uh, Barclays, PCL, have endorsed Shari's banking and have started offering Islamic financing products to the vulnerable Muslim population. So, so I, I don't know, um, you know, I don't know. This is in Canada. Right, this one, this particular one is in saying? Canada. Yeah, uh, um, or Ontario. And they say they, they, they declare that there would be no charge law in Ontario. You know, but here's, you know, my thing is, uh, okay, that's fine. So if if they want to offer certain services to Muslims, that's a business decision. Now, what this is talking about is, you know, passing laws saying that, you know, that these won't be mandated, essentially. Is is that what is that what you got from it? And well, if the, um, that, the, uh, that our courts cannot um, follow the, these laws. They cannot put these laws ahead of... Um, Ahead of the laws of the country. Okay, so they do. So our banking laws take precedence, and then and then after that, they can implement these. You know, uh, there's no reason that a that Citibank or any of these banks can't implement um, 
implement certain services for their customers, for their Islamic customers, as long as they don't conflict so, in right. some way with I, our laws. Right. I don't see I any... I, I'm not sure that... Okay. I'm looking at uh, information on Sharia laws in the UK, okay. and uh, what I'm seeing here is... So, what the so what exactly is Sharia's is Sharia's law? Sharia law. Sharia law. Um, what what influences it had in Britain? Well, according to what I've found here on the influence of Sharia law in Britain, they have made under the Arbitration Act they have made Sharia courts. They've made the decision of Sharia courts binding, but they're no more binding than any other arbitration under this act. And they are only binding if both parties agree to be judged or under this arbitration. So, so in other words, it's it's more of a civil agreement than an actual. It's no different than if you and a party you're having a dispute with went to arbitration and the judge agreed to agree to agree to abide by the arbitration that you went through. So basically, you agree to these rules when you set up the arbitration. Right. So I couldn't be judged under this law. Not unless you agreed. Okay. So so uh, so then calling it a law is almost not, almost really not the case. It's a set of rules that somebody's agreeing to be judged under. Correct. Okay. So right. So what what they're trying to do in Oklahoma is prevent this from happening. They're trying to prevent any of our cart carts from being able to be influenced by those laws. Or it, or if you actually read it more, it's saying that that they're. Afraid that our courts will make judgments based on what other countries are doing. Okay. So in the UK, they're afraid that, that um, our courts will look and say, "Oh, well, uh, we can allow Sharia law to happen because the UK is allowing it to happen," and that would be their justification. And so this law is saying, "No, um, international law, which you know what other countries do, cannot influence the law overrule what we've already decided." Are our laws. Okay. Hold Doesn't on here. I'm pausing again. I'm... All right. Okay. Start over for us. <laughs> I know. No, start over. Say what you just said. That's okay. Right. So, anyways, what Oklahoma's trying to do is say that um, what the, U the type of stuff the UK is doing will not be able to be used over here in our courts as an example on why they should be able to do it here. Um, you know, the, the basic wording, uh, from my understanding, is that there can be no, you know, our, our laws take precedence over all else. That you, can, you know, say, oh, let's reference this case where this judgment was made. Well, yes, there's a tr something of a trend looking at international cases, and, and this law, so you can't do that. You, you can't look at what other countries are doing law-wise and have that overrule the laws of the land. Okay, my problem here. You understand? Yeah, but you know, my issue is that if you're going into an arbitration, whose business is it other than the people in the arbitration if they agree to use Sherry Law in that particular situation? It may not be legally binding outside of that situation. Right. But yeah, arbitration is an agreement with between parties. Okay. So now if our banks are doing this in the right. US and, I, and here's my thing. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't England have an entirely different system of courts and government than the United States? I couldn't speak upon that. 
I don't know. Well, I know they don't have a constitution. That was one of the problems recently with the um, election of prime minister, is when they didn't have the majority, it caused some waves on exactly how the prime minister would be chosen because they don't have a constitution. So there's a whole different um, setup once you hit certain levels there. Okay. But so here's um, my thing. But, is that I think our courts are, have, uh, you know, or not our courts, but our banks. Um, AIG and and some of those are, have do do certain things with Sherry Law for for their customers. If that's the case, now that these banks are partly owned by the U.S. government, is it still lawful for them to do that? And is it lawful for our government to bail them out when they have these practices? See, that is a ponderance, because I mean that would that would almost seem to. If the government partially owns these banks, then they should not be able to make these kind of decisions, one would think. Because yeah, um, they're not a private and, business but anymore. But if they, if they deny those types of business decisions, then on all likelihood, they'll lose those customers. And they'll lose that income. Okay. Well, Which is probably a fair chunk, because everyone knows them Arabs is rich. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I, I think we're uh, I think we're done with that. Okay. Yeah, I'd say I oh, okay. So hey, I'll see if I can make a bigoted remark to to end every segment tonight. How about that? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, world police arrest English fan after security breach. This is okay. Go ahead. Yeah. This. It's interesting to see how some other countries deal with um, advertising and stuff. Because, and you know, I, I guess it's a big thing at soccer matches. I don't know. Well, never been to one. Well, but wait, the article that we have here doesn't have anything to do with the advertising. This this article here is talking about yes, a guy. Does. does it? Um. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Because yeah, what guess. happened was, I guess this one beer company. What? Oh. And he goes in and out. Oh man! Now I'm recording. <laughs> All right, yes, Ian. victory is mine. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so what? So what happened to this guy that that got arrested for trespassing? Arrested for trespassing? Yeah. That's this is the article I'm looking at. World well, police arrest English fan after security breach. According security to the article, breach. right? He he breached security um, and walked into I don't know. You walk into a, a locker room. Uh, he went into an English player's dressing room on Friday, raising concerns about lax security during the month-long tournament. This is actually a different this article. This is not the same article. This is a different article than we initially looked at. Okay. So, because... Oh, that's what I kind of thought. Because what you're talking about yeah. is, is the is yeah, the, the girls. Right. Yeah, okay, the picture. So, I don't know. Can we... The picture's the same. The picture's the that same, but the article really is different? They have the exact same picture. Um, essentially, what was going on though, with the article? What was going on with the article was that the a group of women came dressed in their team colors, and okay, no, they, they were arrested for well, ambush no. marketing no, because no. they 
their team colors. No, not their team colors. They, 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 a beer company whose color is orange they, they were, gave away these yeah. dresses as part ah, of a six okay. pack of beer. So all these women got and and then they and then they got these women together and sent them in to and and this this is a stunt that um that this beer company has done before. But what what happened is Anheuser Busch had had a um um had an agreement that they would be the only beer advertiser at, at this place. So when these women did this, they were violating um they were violating that agreement that Anheuser Busch had. And this is these are the kind of stunts that this um, that this company has done before. That this is not the first time that they've been accused of of, uh, of these kinds right. of breaches. Okay. Right. And it, so basically what it was was it was indirect advertising. And if anything almost seems to the fact that they get, um, got this publicity from it seems to actually work more for getting their, them free advertisement than it would otherwise. Well, exactly. Now I want to try uh, the beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah mean, you know about yeah. it now. Because no advertisement like, is really bad advertisement. It worked great for them. Right, exactly. <laughs> it did work great for them. And the fact that we're but talking the, about it is a testament to how well it worked. Right. But you got to wonder how strict they are at some of these games, though. If, you know, the, the, the fact that these two that wore the specific color, even if it was planned, are getting in trouble. Are you, what are you allowed to wear? You know, if I go, if we go to one of these games with Coors t-shirts on, are we going to get thrown out? You know, how how much do they really pay attention to that? Because it definitely brings up some interesting stuff on exactly how far can a stadium go in keeping, you know, controlling what people are wearing in order to say, oh, well, only Budweiser gets to advertise here. Yeah, I don't know. This wouldn't have, I don't think this would fly in the U.S. I don't, I, I think that it, uh, where, wasn't well, this Spain? No. Freedom of speech. Right. Freedom of expression. But wasn't this Spain where this took place? Unfortunately, I don't have I don't have an article. Yeah, it's really strange that they moved the article away from the original link and left the picture. (laughs) Well, it's it it must have something to do with Yahoo does stuff. No, look, even but you look at even this is right. Women arrested over Anheuser Busch. It's this this is probably a a mistake that's going on on um, on Yahoo. World Dutch. Yeah, I don't know. Let's say. there we go. I found, well, apparently, uh, freed on bail. That's right. a lot better picture. You can actually really see these hotties. There we go. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll now put, put it in. Put it in. Deal. Come on. Hurry up. Now you're talking about putting it in. Give me a moment. Oh, He's getting excited. <laughs> He's going in and out, and you want to put it in. <laughs> we need, right, there you go. The new link's in oh. there, and I will. Okay, from the Guardian. All right. All right. Oh, look at that. That is a much better picture. That's like a field of blonde wheat there. My only problem is all the orange. <laughs> but that's on purpose. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <sighs> They're all blondes. So. All right. So does it say where this happened in here? Uh, oh, no, South Africa and South Africa. Soccer City. South American. South American. So okay. must be part of the, um, all that's going on for FIFA. Okay. All right, but it's a Bavarian company. Yep. Right. Well, it's a Dutch beer company behind it. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it was really two Dutch so, women, but the beer company was Bavaria Beer Company. Okay. 
It's the fact that they're all okay. grouped together like this, you know, that 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 set it off. I mean, if it had been one person wearing orange, it, it would not have tripped the, you know, tripped them off or tipped them off. It's the fact that they're all lined up like this. Well, there's such matching outfits. Oh, right. you look at the outfits, though. same skirts. Oh same yeah, belt. Sure. No, no, they're identical. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they got it, them from the. It is a very uniform appearance. Right, and my, and yeah. you know, I thought I had read somewhere that you know the beer company set up the seats and everything. So I mean, they, they, that's clearly what they were doing. What you know was advertising. Um, but like I say, I don't think in the United States that this would have been illegal. I think that I, I think that it would have been over. They would have had to overlook it. And you look at it, you know, particularly right. because it doesn't say anything on their shirts. It's just the fact that they're right. all wearing orange. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, so oh. yeah. yeah, whatever. It's it's just like, it's silly to some level. If you read the one we just had, there's one interesting remark in it. If South Africa or FIFA want to go after a company for an illegal advertising campaign, they should start a legal case against the company and not ordinary citizens who are walking around in orange dress. They just kicked them out. the The person I thought the woman that was arrested was the CEO or the something. organizers. Yeah, the or, or the organizers rather. Yeah, it, it was the organizers. They the other women were just let go. They they arrested the people who set it up. Right. Okay. So yeah. That's my understanding of it. All right. Yeah, that's Howard. So. So you know, but uh, you're right. It wouldn't have wouldn't have happened in the U.S. But you know, that's why we live here, so we can go to a go to a soccer game in an orange dress if we want to. Not (laughs) that I would choose to do so. Zach, I don't want to see that. (laughs) And if you did choose, I don't think anyone would want to see it. All right. We're we're glad of that. We're very glad. Just because I don't shave my legs. All right. We got the next article. (laughs) Actually, Ian, or Matt, can you tell me about this next article? I know it's Ian's article, but have you read it? Let me have a look here. All right. So this is this article. You know, this is kind of disturbing. So this this kid can't you know to support the troops yeah. came up with this idea. He had a camouflage hat. He put a you know a, a he patch. put his toy soldiers on the hat yeah. and and a, he, and a U.S. He want the the the, uh, the exercise was to decorate a hat for the uh, decorate a hat for the day. Okay. Come up with a creative hat when they would be when his second grade class would meet their pen pals from another school. So. They added patriotic decorations to a camouflage hat. They added an American flag and toy soldiers. The, the way he contravenes school policy is that the district does not allow images of weapons or drugs on clothing. And in this case, they weren't saying that he was actually carrying weapons. They were saying that he's, he was carrying representations of weapons on his clothing. For example, a student would not be permitted to wear a shirt with a picture of a marijuana leaf on it. Um, he, wouldn't, there, he wouldn't be able to wear a shirt that said a Smith and Wesson beats four aces. He wouldn't be able to wear a shirt that says you can have my Colt when you pry my poor dead, when my, you pry my cold dead fingers from it. All right. Okay. It's, it's, it is contravening school policy, but it's kind of at the same time, it's kind of bad form. You know it what? stunts creativity. And here, here's my thing. I agree with the, with the um, Lieutenant that they interviewed about this, that if you're taking the soldiers away from the gun, away from, away from the army men, you're missing the point that they're the aren't, you know, that they're armed soldiers or what did you say specifically <laughs> that there are armed forces. I mean, give me a break. They are little army men and, have you ever seen when you see pictures of soldiers? What are they carrying? 
Are they carrying tennis yep. rackets or are they carrying guns? Hydration bottles. Okay. Hydration they might, bottles. They, uh, it's always hydration bottles. Yeah, always. Yeah. With their, <laughs> along with their gun. Sometimes footballs. Or I should say their rifle because we know what a gun yeah, is let's, for. Yeah, let's, let's verify that it's the <laughs> rifle. But, you know, I think that the kid, even though he contravenes school policy, I think the kid is to be praised for his patriotism. And I like the fact that they're going to give the kid a medal to express the appreciation so you know what i think that this is ridiculous i think that this is another case where where um what political correctness has gone too far yes it's it's one of those things that says you you can't think about a gun you can't think about drugs it's it's almost too too much trying to protect because if you protect people from things too much then they they end up finding out about it the hard way yeah and in this particular case the he has he has you know little plastic soldiers on his hat it is, if you wear if you're wearing a, a um a, a a shirt that has a gun on it you know it's probably about the gun you know or unless you know, but in this case it's about the soldiers and the guns are secondary you don't look at that and go oh look a weapon no you look at that and go oh look toy soldiers and he's wearing he got an american flag on his hat i mean it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous you know well i wonder i wonder how far they go with this because um but you know my boys they have transformer t-shirts and um, star wars t-shirts where the characters are holding guns on them um, well you know, I, I think I, I you have to I trade those in for how the policy like this but I think you have to trade those in for a star argument T-shirts, you know, which was settled peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. This okay. went too far, and I and I'm I'm but really I'm glad. Sure sent my kids just, I'm sure we've sent my kids to school with T-shirts that have characters holding guns on them. You know, I I understand. It's such a silly thing to. I understand they have to go. The district superintendent has to go, or he's got to follow the district policy. Okay, he has to. He has no right. choice. Well, it's a but, okay. Then we should then then they should be questioning the policy. And here's the thing: is that I'll bet when they when that right. policy was written, this is not what was intended. This is somebody taking the policy too far. Yes. And here's the quote: American soldier, and the American soldier is armed. That's why they call them armed forces. He said, "If you're going." If you're going to portray it in any other way, you're missing the point. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you very rarely see pictures of soldiers without some sort of weapon. All right. It's one of those extremes. Yeah. So we have judged them. They are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I'm going to say it again. They had to do what they had to do, but... I think the policy could be called into question. I think I think it's just been taken too far. Oh, and and it's it's a step against freedom of expression, and it's a step against the creativity of people's kids. It's one thing to bring a gun to school; it's another to bring a picture of a gun. They they are two separate things. Or an army soldier. Or an army soldier <laughs> carrying a gun. Yeah, but you know, if you bring a picture of a gun, somebody might get a paper cut. Well, so now we got to ban paper from the schools because guns don't kill people. Paper cuts kill. Paperless people. schools. You know what? This is a this is a good op- business opportunity now for Bill Gates, the paperless school. Paperless office now. Paperless. School. <laughs> there we go. So this next article. I went to a paperless school. Those restrooms were never stocked. <laughs> oh. Explain the smell. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> this is this is it. interesting. Um, experts say. Oh, stop listening. They're usually wrong. Now, I, I, this was an interesting article. Ian, go ahead and 
Tell me what you got out of this. All right. Well, let's see if I can find the author's name. Well, Billy, um, we ha- there is a book out which actually sounds like one I very much would love to read. Um, title: He is the expert who wrote the book. Oh, titled wrong. David H. Friedman has written a book titled Wrong. And basically what it's about is all these experts that are out there telling us everything for you know, quite a few cases are basically wrong. You know, and that's one reason why a lot of the um, healthcare information keeps jumping around as to what's you know, okay. the right way to take care of yourself and all this. I want to make a point there, though. And um, I, yeah. I don't think okay. that it's necessarily that, that – I think that we're giving a bad rap with that statement to the healthcare industry because it's not always the, – the problem is, is that, a, there, that the information that some of these experts are coming out with is being used improperly and abused and maybe it's being used prior to it actually being you know fully verified. The thing about some of these studies that, that people quote um, – they're taken out of context or all they are is preliminary and you say this is a basic result we got they publish the article they get peer-reviewed people say well you know you did interesting science here now we need to take this to the next level and and people are taking healthcare information long before it's actually ready to go to the public like something gets you know we, we find something that works well in mice you know antioxidants help prevent cancer in mice and somebody says hey wait well you know what that's something I can implement right now and I can say hey antioxidants you know prevent cancer well now we've got this whole antioxidant industry and now we're finding well actually antioxidants might help some cancers grow and that research hasn't been concluded it's never been done in humans but yet it's gotten abused by the public and by people who you know other people who wanted to misuse it for the purpose of making money not necessarily by the healthcare industry right uh, the other thing too <laughs> anyway. is a lot of times a lot of times the expert we listening to we're listening to is not really not really an expert on what he's actually talking about and that that's a problem too you know um it'd be interesting to see exactly what the book says about all this well i, I and that, that's one of the things what yeah. we have here is an article on it we don't know what the book itself says we right. just know you know the summary here well the book itself so, they, um, they, they well I, there's the they they give you the first chapter um that you can read and i read the first part of it and i and actually i really right. liked it um you know but he, the thing that he is is that his job is to look at other people's evidence and methodology and see where they might have made mistakes which is exactly what science is about He's an expert right. on experts. Yeah. That's exactly right. He's been expertologist. <laughs> He's an expertologist. <laughs> Anyways, he claims that um, the error rate is about two thirds, which is you know that seems high. high. Well, you know what though? Here's once yeah. again where um, we where we go back to you know we we talk about even stuff that gets published in the the Journal of uh, Nature and Science. Um, or is it, yeah, a me, you know, a meta, what is the medical, or the New England Journal of Medicine, you know, it, it is, I, I don't think that he's that far off about his statistic there about what's wrong, because what happens is, is that these things get published, and then other people go to recreate them, and, and, and verify what they've done, and they find out, well, they did this wrong, and this doesn't work, and, and so things get flushed out as they go. It, it takes a long time before actual medicine gets to us, because, yeah. of, because of this process that's designed to weed out this two-thirds of bad information. I like what it says in the last paragraph. It says, Friedman says yeah, it's helpful and sometimes even life-changing to consider this advice. However, don't make it your Bible. Weigh the advice and suggestions of experts with common sense, word of mouth, and trusted advice from people you know. Okay, but what if Compiling those... research of your own right. from several websites or a wide range of scientists is also suggested 
to avoid being disappointed by the experts okay. who seem to know it all. Yeah. That's exactly what we advocate on yeah. this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that is such perfect advice. And, and that goes for anything. You're not just medical advice, but anything, you know, it, especially the common sense part. If, if someone tells you something and it definitely doesn't fit with common sense, question it. Go and find out more because, you know, I, it doesn't matter what credentials they give you. People make mistakes. And right. so, you know, that, that's something I really liked about this article is it has such great advice right there at the end of it. Yeah. So question so authority. So one of us needs to hold this book and read it. <laughs> so question authority. Question the experts. Just don't yeah. question the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. That's right. Because we are right. We're right about being wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I really liked the article, and I thought it was very good. I, and But I, I just wanted to make the point that I think that sometimes, particularly with medical stuff, that, it, that the, the um, results get abused. You know, we, we see all, right. this, all this research being done in mice that, uh, that's very promising for mice. Not necessarily promising for humans, but yet if somebody sees a business opportunity in one of those because now they have some clinical data, you know, to work from, say, hey, this is scientifically proven. Yeah, in mice, in one small study. So, so yeah, so the, so what they say about, you know, about really weighing the evidence and, and, and looking around is, is, is excellent. Problem is, most people don't do that. They want the quick fix. Anyway, what if Douglas Adams is right? All right. And it's actually the mice that are experimenting on us. <laughs> Well, then they've done an excellent job. <laughs> All right. So the next thing is here. I, I put this in here. This was uh, pretty neat. Um, James Randi, um, he was uh, amazed by a couple of tricks, and um, and he, he was sharing them, and it was pretty neat. So uh, a gentleman takes a, uh, what was yeah. a, a $500 yen note. And 500 yen. 500 yen. 500 yen, not dollars. I said 500 yeah, yen. Uh, 500 yen oh. is, yeah. is, let me see what that is in dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, 50 cents? No. Well, $500 yen, no, it doesn't, doesn't work. Sounds like it'd probably be a counterfeit. Okay, I don't know what it was. Either way, yeah. he put it on the wall, but in, and it walked up the wall. 500 Japanese yen equals yeah. 5.5934 U.S. dollars. So it's the same, it's the equivalent of putting up, you know, doing this trick with a $5 bill. Okay. So he he um he puts it on the wall and it walks up the wall and kind of walks up on the ceiling and out of sight or it moves it didn't walk necessarily we we find out later that it did walk because the guy had glued a cockroach to it which is great because somebody found it yeah. for cockroaches <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's you know it's but you know it was just neat because you know James Randi you know here you know is generally the kind of guy who's you know goes out of you know he's looking for mechanisms for how this stuff works and he was you know he was amazed he didn't know how the guy did it he couldn't he didn't know how to do it you know and then he finds out it's a cockroach and then he had another one with a butterfly that he put on his uh, shoe and it would kind of flap and then you know he it it, it, it flew was, off his shoe they, and he stomped it was, on uh, um, origami butterfly yeah origami okay it wasn't um, a real butterfly it was origami butterfly right. that he no he it wasn't it was not origami he tore out the shape of a butterfly okay. James Randi okay. was expecting him to do origami, and it. Right. He was surprised okay. because he just tore out the shape of a butterfly very meticulously out of cigarette paper. Okay. So either way, and so he made it. He made the wings on right. the flap right. by you know with basically a, a small air hose um, that he had in his pants. So it was just it was really clever. Yeah, but the, right. Well, what James Randi was saying was, was really great about it. This guy knew. 
he wanted to do magic tricks, but he didn't study anything. So this stuff is stuff he completely came up with all on his own without having studied how to do magic tricks. He said, I want to do this. How can I do it? Right. Uh-huh. And he came up with these unique ways that he, he studied magic. You know, David Randy has. And he's never come up with these, uh, seen anyone come up with these kind of ideas for doing tricks before. And, you know, that was what made it really brilliant. Right. Is this was completely unique. Now, the other point to be made here is that James Randi is an expert in magic. Mm-hmm. And, and he couldn't initially figure out how the tricks were done. Exactly. He, he was, was blown fooled. away. Exactly. He was fooled. He knew they were tricks, you know, but he didn't know how they were done. And this is just more evidence that anybody And he didn't know they were done, how they were done specifically because the guy didn't use any accepted methods. Right. Exactly. He just came up with some crazy stuff off the top of his head. You know, what other magician was going to glue a 500 yen note to a cockroach? Right. But another point to be made here is that if he can be fooled by this stuff, people who aren't experts in this can be fooled even easier. Right. You know, so, so I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, you know. That's why you can't believe your eyes. You can't believe what you see because, you know, it, it's probably a trick. So that it, was, it was just really people neat. People will find new yeah, people and will find new ways to trick everyone. And unfortunately, the comments after that are, are have nothing to do with what he was actually showing. They just degrade into this diatribe of him being. It, yeah, it, it just degrades into hating. Ugh, it was Speaking terrible. of comments, though, you know what I'm missing here tonight? You should be heckled by your wife, Brian. Yeah, she's not heckling me. <laughs> I, I hear that she ain't squawking at all. No, because she agrees with everything I say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. Uh, yes, she's not with us tonight because of a computer issue, and that's because we still need to install a, a better operating system on the computer that she's using. Yeah, I need to update. I need to get a newer version of Ubuntu on her machine. Works better with Skype. But in the meantime, let's ban some books. Let's let's go ahead and tear well, apart those books of freedoms. <laughs> you know, this article is an interesting one because I didn't put it up here. Because of the banning book, I put it up her because of the logic behind why she says the book should be. Banned. Okay, but we got to briefly go over what, that, what she's what trying to me. say here. So she wants to ban books because okay. she wants to specifically ban Harry Potter because she says it's teaching children witchcraft. And and I think probably everybody heard about this back in uh, 2006. I, I remember hearing about there's, it. Yeah, there's. I don't think ever ended. I think there's still groups out there that are determined oh, yeah. to say that Harry Potter needs to be banned. I, I, I imagine that, that's probably the case. I think has not stopped. But anyways, her reasoning is what I, why I, I picked this one. You know, this is several years old, so you know, it's it outdated. But it, it's just so silly. Um, basically, the Harry Potter books are evil. But they, they don't promote evil. They themselves are evil, according to the logic given. Here. Well, let's I, I let's actually go back to the title of the article, though. Ban Harry Potter or right. face more school shootings. <laughs> right. So now, because the Harry wait, Potter wait, books are on. evil, well, we got to start with the logical the fallacy there. In the library, not, not just because the kids are reading them. Well, yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of logical fallacies here. But anyway, just the presence of the book within the library because they're evil. I, I guess will generate the proper energies to cause more school shootings to happen. That is the logic presented as to why the book should be banned. Sounds infallible to me. That would not happen if students read the Bible, <laughs> Mallory said. Mm-hmm. What she didn't mention, however, was there be an upturn in adultery and stonings. <laughs> you know, the crucifixions in grade school level are probably not something we need. Would that be an ad hominem attack? <laughs> mm. 
I'll actually look at see if I can find one thing that definitely was. Um, well, the title is a logical fallacy. The title is, in fact, the logical fallacy. Yeah. You know, when we were uh, we were chatting about this earlier, Brian had thought that this was a non sequitur, but I pointed out that a, a non sequitur on this would be Harry Potter is evil because ham sandwiches are fattening. It doesn't. One doesn't oh, have to do with the other. Yeah, a little bit. Well, the existence of the books in the schools does not have anything to do with school seating. Well, yeah, but so that so was... So it is a non-sequitur. Well, but she, now, if her argument was that there'd be more, there'd been more wand attacks since the Harry Potter books went into the schools, I might buy it. Okay, but it's appeal <laughs> to final consequences. It, it is, it is yeah. basically, her, her whole argument is an argument to consequences. Um, one thing that's of interest, yeah. though, is that I did find a little more information on this lady, and... Uh, the quote from her, Mallory also commented that she has not read the entire book series because they're really very long and I have four kids. <laughs> I put a lot of work into what I've studied and read. I think it would be hypocritical for me to read all the books, honestly. Okay, so this is that same thing that we come back again. I haven't read this, but I know enough about it. Right. Yeah, I. you know what? That is one of the things that irritates me the most. Argument from ignorance is ugly. Yeah, no, I was trying to look. It seems like there should be one out there for trying to play on people's emotions. Cause that's part of what, what it felt like to me is well presenting this. Oh well, um, your kids are in danger of the school shootings if these books are allowed to stay in the library. And <laughs> it's it it's, it's an appeal to consequences. But there it. is a there is an appeal to there is an appeal to emotion also. But uh, the real thing right. here is the appeal to consequences. Yeah. Appeal to fear is what it is. Appeal to fear. Thank you. You got it, Brian. I knew I could get one. Yeah. It, it, so. It's definitely skipping over any kind of logic and just trying to hit some of the more basic human emotions there and say that's what you have to you know, well, you know about kids getting shot because... She's talking about how the books promote Wicca, which truthfully is one of the most peaceful religions that exists. Um, one might even say that Wiccans are even peaceful to the point of being afraid of doing anything evil to somebody else because of the consequences to themselves. So does it promote black magic then? Are we talking about voodoo here? Should I get my black cat She doesn't bone? talk about voodoo. She should talks I, about Wicca. Should I get my mojo on? I think you should get your mojo rising. <laughs> but she is specifically she's specifically pointing the Harry Potter books at Wicca or practices of religious witchcraft. Yeah. Harry Potter books have nothing to do with Wicca. Harry Potter books have nothing to do with any religion whatsoever. They have to do with a group of a group of mythical people who are incredibly talented incredibly talented at bending the laws of physics via will and incantation of magic spells. You know what? Here's the thing: is that it's it's a story about about a little boy and his friends at school, and the magic just happens to be a plot device. Is yeah. really all it is. Well, it's, it's itself, a, itself, I, I go over all the many flaws in, but in general, it, the way, reason it's popular is he did a good job at looking at how kids um, react to it. Right. There was a lot of well-done stuff with the, just the kids themselves. Now, I, I could break these books for all sorts of stuff that drove me crazy, and, but the one thing that I kept seeing the strength in through book after book is the character of Harry Potter himself that was a believability within how he is as a kid. Sure. You know, and you could as, you could as, as easily say that the Harry Potter books promote evil in school as say that uh, Tom Sawyer pr promotes uh, 
swindling your friends and breaking and entering, or you could say that Huck Finn yep. makes people makes kids run away and yep. smoke pipes and smoke pipes. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, you know it's 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 it's, it's, uh, it's not even. I've always liked this idea that evil is something you can actually store you know in things it's, it's some sort of energy that's there you know these, these books are evil you touch them you know they have an evil presence it's like what you know, you, you, almost as if they can generate evil you know like this book will generate 500 watts of evil per hour you need to be careful of touching it you know that's... i think the only <laughs> thing that these books will actually do that could be considered evil is you know make you shuck out 15 bucks for a hardback Eh, that's not evil yeah. anymore. No, actually, that's a good part nowadays. So. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> $50 um, for a hardback? Another one of the arguments in here, this is actually the attorney representing the Board of Education. She said that uh, if you were to remove all books containing references to witches, they'd have to ban Macbeth and Cinderella. They'd also have to ban the Bible. Which is already banned in school, practically. No, well, it's yeah. not for a theology point of view. It's not. If you so, you can do that. You can have a yeah, yeah. Let, let let's ban them all. Why stop there? <laughs> yep, burn the books, burn the children, <laughs> get everything out of school. Uh, all right, guys. So I I, I I thought it was time that we had a a discussion about um analyzing articles, and the reason that you know that. We, we've been we've been doing this. Uh, well, this is our eleventh episode, and I think that's something that I I think I hope that we've gotten better at is is looking at articles, breaking them down, and uh, and using the skills that that we're um that we're trying to develop to do so. So I just want I want to um have a quick chat about that. What do you think? Okay, yeah, I'm good with that. All um, right. Hey, I'll talk I, about I anything, Brian. <laughs> I, I do hope our skills are involved. and I hope we're getting better about looking at the articles and being able to break them apart more. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, getting better at analyzing articles doesn't help our sound quality. Yeah, uh, <laughs> am I going into that again? Yeah, I think it might be positioning as to where I am. If I, it seems like when I kind of try and relax a bit more, that's when I go in and out. If I sit up straight and I'm nice somehow, the positioning of my microphone must be. Better for this. All right. Hmm. Well, so I, can't, I can't get comfortable. I'm not allowed to. You're going in and out, and Brian's got his mojo rising. There you go. See? So, here, here, <laughs> for me, th this has been a good exercise in actually having, uh, going out and finding, you know, the the, the articles and the evidence to, to back up things that I either I believe or, and, and also to challenge things that I believe. I've had to, uh, you know, based on things that I've gone out and been looking at, I've had to change um, my opinions on some things. And unfortunately, I don't have a great explanation for that right at the moment. But I, 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 the one thing that I've noticed is that when I make arguments and I'm talking about things, I feel a little bit more confident in them, and I don't, and I don't have a tendency to get angry as as much maybe or frustrated because I have read the articles, I know where to find the articles, and I can point to to the evidence that I'm referring to when I have discussions with people. Right now, of course, you know, I guess this is the part that we can ask our listeners. Do you, um, you know, do they all feel? You know, once more, we're asking for your input, people. We'd love to get some input on how we're doing. Um, have we been improving? 
um, you know, do, do you, does it seem like we've gotten better or are we screwing up or what? Because this is the type of thing that it's harder to see from our point of view. And I, I think it'd be better to see from the point of view of people that have been listening to our podcast for a little while to say, you know, just actually say, yeah, okay, we've seen improvement. Or, no, actually, you guys are getting worse. <laughs> so this is the type of thing we'd love the input from the listeners to come back and tell us. All right. But so now Ian, has it has it helped you? Has doing the podcast helped you in, in the in in these kinds of situations? Um somewhat, yeah. Well, I, um, some of the debates I've gotten on um, blogging sites have been some of the same skills here. Okay. It just instead of having up writing it all down, I have to talk about it and it, it, it's different, you know, to actually podcast like this is different than writing a blog. It's still doing the same research, but expressing yourself through the, through, um, the spoken word is definitely in some ways harder than through the written word. The written word, you can sit back and think and rewrite and rewrite. And the spoken word, once you've said it, it's out there. And it's like, okay, you know, am I making any sense as I blabber on and on? Right. One of I'm our... sure there have been quite a few times where we've not made any sense. One of our uh, decisions that we made fairly early in the podcast series was that we try to go into the podcast after having read the articles but not discussed them amongst ourselves. Yes. Because we we get a better interaction when we can actually argue these things out live and in the, in many cases we find our yeah. we find our opinions our initial opinions on the article changed by what we've discussed. Yeah, and that's been actually a really interesting point. And actually, i got to say, Mike, you've challenged me quite a few times on things that I've had to go out and, and, and source and, and, you know, to, to, you know, to, um, to really back up and strengthen the, the position that either I had um, um, that maybe I didn't you know, have as well. And, and that's been great because I've been challenged on these things. I challenged you today. I, I presented you with evidence that there is actually a supreme being, and you refuted it. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I came up with evidence that there is a that there is a god. Yeah. The, the family with the screaming baby left the restaurant this morning. Yeah. Uh, if that's not evidence of a divine being, I don't know what is. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know the the other thing is just organizing your thoughts so that you can get them out in a way um, in a verbal fashion uh, can be challenging. Hopefully, yeah. we're umming and awing less. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, 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 okay, oh, boy, no, I think we're, I think we're definitely putting our points out smoother, we are finding the salient points within the articles a lot more quickly, not just, not just kind of reading by rote, but finding what is the crux, well, and finding that crux is, Usually finding what is, you know, essentially what is really behind everything. The other thing, I, yeah, exactly. And the other thing is identifying the pieces that we don't understand. And that's the most important part is when I'm reading an article now, I say, okay, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. I don't understand this. And now I can research those points, you know, to bring the article together. Because I find so much, oftentimes with so many, with some of these articles that either they're, they're, they're not sourced well or they're saying things that just sound, to me, it sounds ludicrous. But now I have to go and say, okay, these are the points that they said that I don't understand. And I'll have to go reference those to see if the rest of their stuff makes sense. So that's been interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. What do you think, guys? Any, have you got anything else? I'd say this is a pretty much a wrap. All right. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time to close up. All right. So, so as always, um, we still have the Facebook page. Uh, we'd love for you, um, our listeners, to check that out and join us there. 
All right. And, of course, if you're at Skeptic Camp tomorrow, come see us and say hi. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at MySpace.com forward slash OMGHQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under a Creative Commons share like no derivatives 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the file.